Welcome to another episode of Men's Bible Study. Pastor John Mark Caton joins us today to continue our series through James, doing the right work the right way. We learn today about the trials that come our way and how sometimes we are put to the test, but we are blessed by God's grace who gives us the opportunity to retake these tests. Now, let's hear from Pastor John Mark. All right, boys, how you doing today? Man, hopefully y'all are doing well. Hopefully you got to meet somebody. Welcome to all you guys on Zoom, and uh, grab your copy of God's Word. Go back to James chapter 1. Uh, always want to let you know, I want to encourage you with this, guys. If you, um, if you haven't uh, tapped into our men's Bible study uh, texting feature, if you'll just text the word study, S-T-U-D-Y, uh, to 77978, text the word study to 77978. That'll do a couple of things for you. Uh, anytime we're going to have a special breakfast, we do that once a month, once a quarter, something like that. Uh, it'll let you know the breakfast is uh, coming, full breakfast. Uh, if uh, there's some change for some reason, it will let you know. Uh, if you miss on a given uh, day, it'll uh, shoot you out a link where you can find it and stay connected because we always just kind of go uh, book by book, verse by verse. Uh, in here. So text the word study to 77978. Uh, that way you can stay tapped in. Uh, whether you can make it or not make it, whether you're traveling, whatever, you'll know what's going on. Well, last week, if you were here, uh, we started the book of James and we made it all the way through verse one. Everybody say verse one. We made it all the way through verse one. Got a little introduction and uh, we really uh, started a series doing the right work the right way. And as we looked at verse one last week, we also saw a message of hope that um, uh, really here James, the brother of Jesus, started off not believing his brother was who he said he was, but he finished up believing. And my prayer uh, for some guys in here, guys on Zoom, a lot of guys in our church and certainly a lot in our community is that as we walk and make our journey, that we would become a lot like James in our own lives. Maybe move uh, from unbelieving to believing, from not following Christ to following Christ, to not being sold out to Christ, to being sold out to Christ. And why do we want to do that? Because God's got stuff for us to do. God's got stuff for us to do in every place, in every space. And so that's my encouragement for you is if you missed last week, go listen to verse one where we looked at James. Uh, He said, uh, uh, man, a servant of God and my brother that he came from a place of thinking Jesus was crazy to instead having an encountering Counted his brother uh, after the resurrection and went from being an unbeliever to being a believer, from being a non-follower to being a follower. And then James immediately said, God's got stuff for us to do. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So that was verse one last week. This week, um, James tells us we have some growing up to do. Last week, God's got stuff for us to do. This week, we've got, we've got some growing up to do. How many of you can admit that uh, if you think about uh, you and your wife and y'all's relationship, she's way more mature than you are? I, I will tell you, Gina will double down, ace of spades, tell you that I am pretty much the immature nut job in my house. And uh, she looks at me consistently and constantly and goes... In that great Greek term, have you, you might, I don't know if you speak Greek, she'll look at me and go, really? <laughs> You're going to do that? Or you did that? And, and you know, there, there always needs to stay some playfulness in a man. 
Man, part of how God built us is we got to play a little, guys, because life is hard, but we still have some growing up to do. Part of how God created us, we need to take some risk. Why? Because that's the way God created us. But we still need to, we have some growing up to do. And so that's what we're going to see today. And, and here's the bad news. Everybody say bad news. Oftentimes, God has to use trials in our lives to grow us up. To kind of shake us up a little bit. How many of us understand that? You know, if things are going great, man, just keep driving as fast as you can. If things are going great, keep spending everything you can. If things are going great, don't pause and think about growing up. But sometimes God has to let some trials roll into our lives to grow us up, to mature us a little. And that's what we're going to see in James chapter 1, uh, verse 2. And I will tell you, uh, I'm a little fired up, but I'm also a little freaked out. How many of you know being freaked out is not a fruit of the Spirit? Do you know that? Because here's what I know. Not only have I been through some trials, I don't know what they are, but there are some trials coming my way. And I better know how to handle them when they show up. And I can look back over some trials in my life and then I pass. There are times that I have just passed the test with flying colors. And sometimes I have failed the test and didn't even hit the mark. And that's going to be interesting as we read it through here that when James talks about uh, trials, he says they're like tests. How many of you love taking tests? How many of you ever failed a test? How many of you ever failed a test big time? All right. And, and here's the beautiful thing about a test in God's economy. God is gracious enough that if you have failed the test, he'll let you retake the test. And so as we journey through talking about tests, sometimes God allows trials and tests to come in our life just to test us. And when we fail the test, God is gracious enough to bring another test, to allow you to retake the test. Uh, when my kids were growing up, my oldest son, Jace, is, um, he's a smart kid. And uh, he's smart in a lot of ways. But Lovejoy, how many of you have kids that grew up in Lovejoy? You go to Lovejoy School. All right, Lovejoy instituted this unlimited retesting policy. All right? Well, what it was really supposed to do is if you really worked hard, worked hard, worked hard, studied for a test, and you didn't do as well as you wanted to on the test, you could go back in and retake the test. Well, my son Jace was really smart, and he figured out, no, the way you do that is you don't bother studying for that first test at all. That's just kind of your review for what's on the test. And there'd be times that I would look at other parents, and again, he was always playing some football or basketball, and then he had another outside sport, and he would be doing this and doing that, and I would be talking to other parents at the game, and they'd say, man, he's got to get home and study for the chemistry test. And I'm like, well, Jason's in their chemistry class. He hadn't mentioned a thing about a test. And so we're driving home from wherever we're playing in Wiley or whatever, and I'm like, hey, dude, I, you know, I hear you got to take a test or chemistry test. He goes, yeah. I go, you, you ready for it? And he goes, no. And he would say, remember, Dad, is unlimited testing. He said, I said, what do you mean? He says, I always take my original test as kind of it's the review. And then he goes back in, he would ace the test. What was he doing? He, he was gaming the system, right? And as a dad, I, let me tell you what, I, I'd look at him, I'd say, son, this is not real life. 
How many of you know that? It's not real life. And I, I would actually speak to the superintendents. I'd talk to the principals. I said, you know, that's a dumb policy. Now, my son didn't think it was a dumb policy. I said, because here's what I found about life. You don't always get to retake tests. It's a one and done. How you do is how you've done. But here's what I love. And I'm so grateful. I'll tell you, I'm your pastor. Because God does let us retake test. So if there's some guys out here that as you look back over your life, you, 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 you failed some tests for God. You failed some tests in your relationship or, or, or in your faith walk or in the office or somewhere. Here's the good news. God is ready to roll another test out for you. Why? Because God wants us to grow up. So last week, God's got stuff for us to do. And guys, I want you to know everybody in this room, regardless of your past, regardless of whether you're single, married, young or old, wherever you've been, God's got stuff for you to do. But also, I want you to know God's got some growing up for you to do. There's some guys out here that you're pretty young in your faith and God's going to run you through some tests. And some of the tests, he's going to let you retake a test because he wants you to mature up. There's some other guys, you are, you are old in here, but you're still young in your faith. God's got some tests for you. They're going to show up. So what does it say? Here's what it says. Look at James chapter 1, verse 2. Justin always follows us, puts it on the screen. Uh, here's what it says. Uh, we went through verse 1 last week. Here's what it says in verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. We're just going to talk about brothers today. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Notice that phrase, because you know the testing of your faith produces endurance. You know, there are a lot of people that when we, what happens is we want to we trust Christ as our Savior and Lord. We want to go to church. We want to give an offering. We want to tithe. We want to serve a little bit. And then we want no problems that the world brings our way. I want you to know that is not the way it happens. There might be some folks that preach and talk about that. Man, love God and everything's good. Here's what I found. Love God. It might be good, but it might be bad the next day. Anybody in those seasons, right? What do those do? God allows those tests, those trials, those difficulties to come our way because he wants to grow up. Because part of why I grow up is then I can turn around when someone else is going through a test and I can help them grow up. So if you're not in a season of testing right now, look back, and back over your past for the seasons of testing and say, am I helping others get through it? If you're not in a season, I want to encourage you to take heart to what we're going to talk about today because seasons of testing are right around the corner. I don't know what it is. Man, my life is pretty good right now. But how many of you know things could change quick? I look back over my life, sometimes a phone call changed everything. Boy, something happens in the economy and things change immediately. So I want to encourage you, don't think of your next test as uh, a decade away or a year away or a month away. It could be this afternoon. There might be some guys that are waiting on test results right now from the doctor and it may change a lot. So I want you to listen in. 
Because God wants us to grow up. So here it is. Let me just walk you through a couple of times. Uh, let's just start with a couple of words. Look at verse 2. We're up on the screen. Uh, look at two words. Let them jump out at you. The first word, consider. And then a little further in, whenever. That word consider, when he's talking about your trials and your difficulties, it means to ponder, to think about, to look for, listen to this, to look for something we can learn. So as you look at your trials, and maybe one of the things that you want to do is go home after this, uh, uh, this morning or go to breakfast or get a cup of coffee, and you just want to list down some of the trials and tests you're going through. Man, I've got a health this, I've got some financial problems, I've got some relational issues. Write those down and consider how God might be using those to make you more mature. And consider some of the positive things that could come out of it. Man, you know what? If I can get through this, then I can help somebody else. If I can grow my marriage, then I can, I can help somebody else when their marriage is struggling. Man, consider some of the positive things that could be coming out of the trials that you have. A lot of times we don't. But think about it. It says, man, look deeply, consider, watch, notice, get your mind right. That's what consider means. But then notice that second word, and I will tell you, I hate that word, second word, that second word, whenever. Everybody say whenever. That means they're coming. That means your trials are coming. My trials are coming. They might be different in seasons of life, but that word whenever means they are going to show up. You might be in the middle of a whenever right now. Your whenever might be a week from now. It might be a month from now. It might be a year from now. It might be a decade from now. But I will tell you, trials are coming. And whenever they do, you better consider the right things. Now, notice what else. Uh, let, me, let me go to another verse. Peter says the same thing. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. He says, dear friends. Everybody say, that's us. And Peter's talking to you. He says, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to, what's that word? To test you. He says, don't be shocked when trials show up. But it's kind of interesting that Peter uses the same word James does because they're friends, they're leaders in the church, they're in Jerusalem. And James says, hey, listen, whenever trials come up on you, it's God testing you. Why? Because God wants to mature you. Here is what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal, the hard test that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. I think what Peter is saying a lot of times in life, it is more strange when we aren't go through, going through testing seasons. It's more strange in those seasons of peace. It's more strange in those times when everything is going well. Because there are a lot of times in my life where almost everything is going great. But not everything. There are some times where it seems like almost everything stinks. Everybody in, in, been in one of those seasons. But he's saying, listen, sometimes we got to understand life is just one test after another test after another test, and they're not well spaced out. And so go back, go back to James, and let's just continue to read. Here it is, James chapter 2. We're going word by word, verse by verse. James chapter 1, verse 2. He says, consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kind. Now, if you're going to think about it, that's kind of crazy. That when you go through a test that you're going to consider it joy. Why is James saying that? He's saying, we need to look at this and go, man, I'm about to learn a really good lesson right here. 
I'm about to grow up in an amazing way. But to consider it joy, he says, man, part of it is if we've gone from being non-believing to believing or being not a follower of Christ to being a follower of Christ, what was it that changed James' perspective? He thought his brother was nuts. James thought Jesus was nuts until what? The resurrection. When all of a sudden he showed up and looked eye to eye with his brother, the brother who said I was going to come back from the dead, and all of a sudden James said, I'm in. You are who you say you are, and I'm going to follow you. And that's why it was what we looked at last week. James went from being uh, someone who thought his brother was a little shady and a little crazy to saying, I'm a follower and a servant of God. And so here it is. James says, consider it pure joy. You know what he's saying? Man, you want to be a great advertisement for the faith? Learn to have joy in the midst of trials. Why? Because that is very different than the way most people go through trials. And I will tell you, here's what he's also saying. If, like James, we believe that Jesus did what he said he did, and we're on our way to doing what God said we're going to do, that ultimately when I exit this earth, I'm going to be one breath away from being in heaven with God, to be absent from the body, to be present with Christ, then how can we not have joy even when we go through trials? So I want you to know, not having joy is a bad advertisement for the faith. How many of you like to be, you want to be good advertisement for the faith? I do. So I want you to know, if you are going through a trial or when you go through a trial, be a, be a good advertisement for the faith. And man, you know what? I'm going through this stuff, but God's got a plan. God's got a plan. I, I will tell you, if it's a bad advertisement, to be joyless when you're going through a trial. Guys, everybody listen to this, especially point at the grumpy dude at your table. It's really a bad advertisement if you don't have joy when you're not going through testing times, right? I mean, of all people, we should be the ones with joy. And so here's what he says. He says, consider pure joy when you go through trials. Man, I want you to understand. Trials, they don't change us. They reveal what's in us. They don't change us, they reveal what's in us. So when I go through a trial, if when I'm squeezed, if joy comes out, that's probably what was in us. If anger and bitterness and joylessness comes out, all the trial did was squeeze it, right? If I were to squeeze this bottle, what's gonna come out? Water, kinda, right? And so guys, when you go through a difficulty, a hardship, a trial, what comes out of you when you are squeezed is what's already in there. And so here he says, consider it pure joy. We want to expand uh, the idea that if I go through hard things, I want to do it with a joy that God's trying to teach me something. You say, all right, pastor, if I do roll into a joy, how should I respond? Uh, just a list, I was looking around and I noticed, a lot of people, when we face trials, we blow up. Man, I go through something hard, a little bit difficult, I blow up. Man, I, I, I get angry, and man, what do I do when I blow up? I hurt others, right? 
There's some people, man, a little trial, something happens, and, and they go along, they blow up, they blow up at their wife or their kids, they're angry here, and so they go kick the dog, that old phrase, that old mindset. And guys, what happens, what do you do when you go through a difficulty? If something happens today that you don't like, your boss comes in and says something you don't like, or something doesn't go right at work, do you blow up? Or do you consider it joy because God's going to teach you something? Sometimes we shut down. And sometimes when we go through hard seasons, maybe a season of loss, what do we do? We have a tendency to shut down and, instead of pressing forward. There are times that people will say, you know, I, 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 they just don't do well on tests. You ever heard that? Maybe you've got a kid or a grandkid. Some people have test anxiety. And, and they just shut down. You know they got it, but they just shut down. And guys, I, I, I want to encourage you, man, if you are going through trials, do not shut down. There, there are times in our lives, and I've been there once in my life, when my brother took his life, where, where my fight or flight mechanism just shut down. Right? That, that I didn't know if I was so mad I wanted to run through a wall or if I wanted to retreat. And it just shut down. And there might be some guys in here that you've gone through some things and all of a sudden that flight or uh, uh, that fight or flight mechanism in, in your life, it's just kind of shut down. Guess what that does? It creates distance between you and other people. Man, don't be that person. Sometimes uh, we stuff it. Man, we just stuff it. We just put it down. We just, man, say, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to be uh, immune to what the world offers. I'm going to not be emotional about things. I just shut down. I'm going to stuff it. Uh, some people try to avoid it, begin to go through a trial. Something's going on with you or your wife and you or your kids. You just kind of avoid it and pretend it's going to go away or hope it's going to go away. It ain't going away. I got to learn something in this season. I got to learn something in this time. And if we fail, God may well let us take that test again. Um, sometimes people just worry about it. So I say, man, freaking out is not a fruit of the spirit. All right. And by the way, this is good. It, I'll give you something good. You know, it, it won't help you, but I can give you something good. Next time your wife blows up, just look at her and say, you know, the pastor says freaking out ain't a fruit of the spirit. I've got other marriage advice if you want to share. Just you and your you and your bride coming through. It'll be short. But yeah, just look at her and say, honey, do you not listen to the pastor? That's not a fruit of the spirit. Quit freaking out. And then uh, take a picture of yourself. Let me know how it goes. All right. You know, a lot of times we blame others. Man, there are a lot of people. And we're going to talk about how should I respond here in a second. Man, we blame somebody else. It's always blaming somebody else. Sometimes the best thing we can do when we go through trials, especially if it's self-inflicted wound, own it. Man, here's the way a lot of people do. And guys, don't let this be anybody in the room. I've seen over the years, now that I've been a pastor 28 and a half years, some really good guys that love God and love the church, when they go through a trial, they prodigal up. You say, what do you mean? They turn and run from God. They go through a hardship. They go through a difficulty, even if it's something they've done, and they prodigal up. They say, I'm done. And they begin to run. And maybe there's some guys in here in this room that you've gone through some trials, and you've done that. You've turned, and you've left the Father's house. Or maybe you know someone that left the Father's house, that they went through something. They went through a hardship or a difficulty. 
Man, I want to encourage you, don't let that be your response when you face trials. Well, how do we face trials? Look at it. Notice what he says, verse 2. Continue. Whenever you face trials, how are we supposed to face our trials? It's right there. Face them. Don't turn and run. Don't avoid them. Don't stuff it. Uh, that word trial simply means trouble, difficulty, temptations, whatever it is that you might be going through. Man, but notice he says we face trials. We don't tuck tail and run. We don't run away from God. We don't blow up at other people. Man, I face, I begin to size up my trial. I begin to say, who's the team I need on my side to help me get through this trial? What's going on with the other people around us? That's called facing the trial. Let me write it down. Let me size it up. Man, facing the trial. Have you thought about that? I'm just going to face it. All right, this is what's coming my way. I can't avoid it. I can't stuff it. I can't turn and run from it. Man, I can't blame someone else for it. I got to face it. And then notice it says trials, and depending on your translation, if you just go through on your uh, iPhone or smart device and go from one translation to the other, some will translate it trials. That's what the NIV does here. Some will translate it trouble, same Greek word. Some will translate it difficulty. Some will translate it temptation. Maybe some guys in this room, you're not going through problems, but you've got a temptation that just keeps showing up over and over and over again. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's uh, something outside your relationship and marriage. Maybe it's some other temptation that you struggle with that I may not struggle with. How do you deal with it? James says, face it. Man, let me be honest. Let me surround myself with people who I can be open and honest with about it, and they can help me get through it. Why? Because God wants me to not run from my temptation or run from my trial, but he wants me to get on the other side of it. Why? Because God's got stuff for us to do, and we can only do the stuff that God wants us to do if we grow up, and that's where trials come in. You say, he says trials, notice he doesn't say singular. Plural. How many of you think this is pretty discouraging about now? It would be easy. It would be real, real easy. It'd be way easier if God would just uh, do what I want him to do. How many of you figured out God doesn't always do what you want him to do? I've learned that 28 and a half years of pastor, I've now pretty much let God be God. And here's what I know, because if I was God, I would say, hey, I would want one trial at a time. I would want them well spaced out. I would want to let John Mark finish one trial before he gets ready. Let him rest, relax, man, go to the jacuzzi, and then all of a sudden say, hey, in about three weeks, another trial is going to show up. And then, but that's not the way it happens in this world. It says trials plural. You say, what are those trials, man? I don't know. What are your, what are you, see which one of these resonates with you, and this might be part of your list. Man, sometimes there's personal. The trials that I go through, it's a me problem. It's my temptation. It's my addiction. It's my anger. It's my fault. Sometimes it's a personal problem. That's the trial that I keep going through over. It's my spending. It is a personal problem. Sometimes it's a relational problem. Man, you're in a relationship and there is an us problem. And it's a trial that you're going through. And man, just to get on the same page or, uh, or, or, or walk lockstep together, it's hard and it's a trial and there are multiple trials and multiple. Sometimes it's financial that you've gotten yourself in a financial trial, a difficulty, a hardship. 
And that happens in one of a couple of ways. One is we've just overspent for a long time. Sometimes there's been a job change. Man, and all of a sudden you're not making what you used to make, but you're still spending what you used to spend. How many of you have been in that season? Maybe that's a trial. God wants you to face it. He doesn't want you to run from it because he wants to grow you up because then you can someday talk to someone else about it. Sometimes it's an emotional problem, emotional trial. Sometimes it's an other problem. Others just seem to create difficulty in your life. Whatever it is, what does James say? Face trials of many kind. So why do we want to face our trials? Just continue to read. Look at verse 3. Because you know that the testing, there's that word again, the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Guys, here is good news. If you have failed the test in the past, God is walking through this room right now, laying new tests for you to take over again. That is called grace. Everybody say grace that God's going to give everybody in this room a chance to take the test again. Why? He don't want you to fail. He wants you to mature. He don't want you to fail. He wants you to mature so you can help someone else mature. You can come alongside them. James is going to talk about that in the next couple of weeks as we just continue to walk through. But here's what we need to know. God allows us to take tests, but he oftentimes, if we fail them, he lets us take them again because he cares more that we grow up then we go away. So guys, the invitation for some who maybe, maybe not physically because you're here, but spiritually you've stepped back from God. You're not willing to step forward for God because you say, I've failed in the past or I've made mistakes in the past. I am sitting here right now telling you from James and God's word, man, get back in the game because God's got stuff for us to do. And if we truly want to change this church and our houses and our community and, and our state and our country, it's going to be when men, everybody say men, when men step up and say, God, I'm willing to retake that test. I'm willing to say yes to you again. I'm willing to face the trials in my life. Man, that's when we can really step up for God. And the good news is um, you can pass the test. You don't just get to retake the test. The good news is every guy in this room can pass the test you failed in your past. If you're willing to, with God's grace, go retake the test. I, I ran across this as we think about going through tests. Uh, last week, um, I saw an article. Put those nine phrases up there, Justin. I saw an article. It, it, was, it was front page news, and I think it was in Success Magazine or something like that, that uh, this Harvard psychologist, Harvard psychologist, said if you want to re be resilient going through trials and going through difficulties at the work, say these nine phrases over and over again. If you will say these nine phrases every day, you'll get through any test and any trial. Now, it's kind of interesting now here. I want to encourage everybody to take those pictures. Take a picture and notice that. Everybody, apparently, there were people commenting on this story over and over again. And a lot of times people are doing it because it says renowned. Here's what the article said. Renowned Harvard psychologist said, take he, these nine phrases. These nine phrases will make you resilient at the office, in your family, at home. 
And you want to know why everybody commented and everybody took pictures and everybody looked at it? Because it said a Harvard, a renowned Harvard psychologist said these nine phrases. Let me tell you, gentlemen, you want to know where these nine phrases came from? The Bible. Right there. I read the whole article. At no point did this Harvard psychologist, this renowned Harvard psychologist say, here are nine of the best phrases, and if you will just read your Bible, I can tell you, there aren't just nine great phrases when you're going through trials in the Bible. There are 900. There aren't just 900. There are 9,000 that will get you through a trial. Over and over, example after example, every one of these phrases are straight out of God's Word. And a lot of times, man, we are looking other places and other spaces that God would get us through and how we face trials and how we go through. They produce, I love it, perseverance. Man, what was the Harvard psychologist acknowledging? We go through trials. Let me tell you what, hey, you went to Tuesday morning Bible study this morning. God bless you. You're in the right place. You're surrounded by the right people. You're studying about the right God. But you know what? There might be some guys in this room. You're about to go through a trial. Guess what? There are a lot of guys outside who didn't come to this Bible study. They might go through trials too. And they might need you to be the one who faces your trials with joy and perseverance. And you pass your test. So when they're going through their test, you can say some of these words, but you can go back and tell them, and that's found in the Bible, by the way. And so you can take those nine phrases. Man, here's the key. We all need some phrases to get us through trials if we're gonna grow in our perseverance. So notice, jump down to verse four. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature. Everybody say mature. I hate to tell you guys, that's part of the process. God wants us to grow up a little bit, right? We all know God knows our wives want us to grow up a little bit. Not too much, takes all the fun away. He says that you may mature and complete, maybe mature and complete, not lacking anything. Uh, I love what, here's what I think he's saying. When trials come up, God comes down and we grow up. I think that's it. When trials come up, God comes down and we grow up. So whatever you're facing right now, I want you to think about that. Man, all right, a trial has shown up. I'm waiting for God to show up to tell me the test he wants me to pass so I can ultimately grow up because I want to pass this test. James is saying, guys, there's a purpose in every problem. Everything that you're going to go through, everything that you're about to go through, there is a purpose in your problem. You, you, say, you say, what's that purpose? Well, let's go to Job. Remember Job? Remember the multiplicity of trials, Job chapter 23, verse 10. You talk about a dude that had trials, plural. Everybody say plural. Remember what happened? All of a sudden, a courier showed up, knock on the door. Hey, Job, I hate to tell you this. All your kids died. Job goes in the living room, falls on his face. He's, he's weeping. He's, he's crying. He, he can't believe it. I've lost all of my kids. And all of a sudden, there's a knock on the door. And the knock on the door wasn't just kidding, they're fine. Remember what it says? Your business burned down. 
Joe goes in there and cries. He's falling wallowing around the ground. Not only has he lost his kids, he's lost his pride and joy. Uh, he's lost his business, everything he had built up. He's in there crying on the ground. Knock, knock. So doctor showing up and said, oh, by the way, your test results came back. They're going to be boils all over your body and you're going to be bleeding out of your eyes. Could anything else happen to Joe? Face your trials, plural. Face them, guys. Can't avoid them, can't run from them. God giving you a test so you can mature and so you can grow up. I love what Job said in Job 23, verse 10. It says, when God had te has tested me, this is it. I shall come forth as gold. See, be careful that you don't misread that, guys. You say, man, I got to get to a place that when God tests me, all he'll find is gold. That's not what it says. How do you get pure gold? You heat it to mature it to get the impurities out of it. Here's what Job was constantly saying. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. God heated him a little bit and found out there were some impurities in Job's life. life. That's why when you get to the end of Job's life, he finally says, you're God, I'm not. So guys, here's what God is doing when he allows you to go through tests, some of those fiery ordeals from those fiery times. God is heating you up. Why? Because you're, he wants your faith and your faith walk to be more and more pure gold. Testing makes you more valuable. If you'll face your trials, not run from them, not avoid them, not stuff them, not overreact to them, because God will use it to purify you. Let me give you another one, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Remember a guy named Joseph? Comes to the end of his story. He's been sold into slavery. Potiphar lied. Potiphar's wife lied about him. Uh, he ultimately ends up going through prison. Told the guy, the guy some visions and dreams. They said, we won't forget you, Joseph. He goes, listen, when you get up there with the Pharaoh, don't forget me. And how many of you ever have friends like this? They're probably sitting at the table with you. That's just the way we roll here. And it says, they forgot about Joseph. And he lingered in the prison. Can you imagine if you're, jo if you're Joseph... Dude, I hope you get that position. Anybody have, don't, don't point if they're in the room. Anybody ever help somebody get something and then they forget about you immediately? I just want you to know, I'm not as spiritual as Joseph. Because notice what Joseph does, because he's been tested, he's become pure gold, been able to save many. Look at what he says in Genesis 50, verse 20. He says, you intended to harm me, his brothers show up. Let me ask you a question. If your brother sold you into slavery, you were gone, didn't see your father, weren't in your homeland, ended up being Potiphar's house, being in prison, finally show up, you work your tail off to make your way back to the top, and all of a sudden the brothers that show up come in, they need a little food. How many of you, can think of a lot of other things to do than bless them. I mean, let's be honest. Now, those of you who say, no, I want to spend time around you because I don't get you. I would have drug them through the mud. I'd have wore them out. Man, the grain would have been real expensive. All right, I'd have called them out. I'd have exposed them, but I love this. Joseph said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Guys, if you're going through some trials today, face them. God wants you to grow up. Why? Because God wants to save many lives through you.
Let's just bow our heads here. God, thank you so much for the message of James. The Lord, he, he, he shows us the example of going from being unbelieving to believing, from non-following to following, but also he tells us to grow up. And God, I thank you that you're a gracious God, that you'll give us an opportunity to take a test over and over again so we can pass it. Because you got stuff for us to do, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks for tuning in to today's Bible study. For more information on Cottonwood Creek, go to cottonwoodcreek.org. And we hope you tune in next time for more episodes of Men's Bible Study.